This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Jeff Thorne. I am the writer, producer, showrunner of the Avengers Black Panther's Quest TV series. And you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, though my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. To the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Dax Avery Josiah, joined by none other than Boris Roberto Aguilar of Sunday Night's Main Event on TSN Radio from Toronto and Extended Podcast. He is here to join me today. We're having a very special episode because we are going to review Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and this was so big. I was like, I can't do this alone. I got to have somebody I could talk to. I know the perfect person I could talk to. He has the voice quality. He has the know-how. He is a fan of it all. So what better person? So Boris, what's going on, my man? Man, things like we were talking right before we started recording. It's been a whirlwind week, right? Like it's just been crazy. But honestly, I'm not trying to to, to sell the episode or anything, but I got to say that the highlight of my week and a perfect way to end a crazy week, both personally and professionally, is being able to watch uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever. It's, it, I mean, we're going to get deep down to it. This whole episode is just dedicated to just talking about that. I mean, it was going to be just this, but I would be remiss if we just take a moment to talk about the untimely passing of one of the greatest voices to ever perform as the Batman, and that is Kevin Conroy. Um this came out of nowhere, Boris. You actually were the one that actually uh, put me down with it. Like you were the first to do it, and then it was just shock because I'm like, "What? Where did this come from?" And yeah. I'm gonna tell you the full circle, the, the uh, six degrees of uh, Black Panther with this whole thing too. Um, so you told me this. I'm looking. It's everywhere. It's you know TMZ then put it on air. So like, it's official at this point. <laughs> It's unfortunate he passed away in the age of 66 and unfortunately, once again, due to cancer on the very week that we're watching 
uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever as they pay homage in, in memory of Chadwick Boseman, who also died of colon cancer. What the hell and why are we, why can't we end this disease? It's just insane. I say the same thing for Alzheimer's too, by the way, but it's just, it's, it's taking so many people. Um, and it's unfortunate. We lost a huge legend and, 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 comics and, 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 you know, and just acting and animation as well, man. Um, talk about your thoughts on, uh, on his passing, Boris. I was shocked just like, you know, everyone else like uh, that, that heard. And like, I'm sure like when I sent you the messages, right. I sent it to a yeah. select few, right. Because these were purse, like, uh, let's be straight up here. Right. Like I, I do a, a geek podcast as well. A yeah. pop culture podcast, the it's canon podcast. And I, uh, you know, I've made friends throughout the in, throughout the industry, right? Um, right? A lot of friends who have worked with Kevin Conroy personally on on right. Batman projects. So mm-hmm. I was able to, you know, uh, befriend these people on on Facebook, like their actual uh, legitimate Facebook profiles, um, and that's where actually where I saw it first. There was some very close people within the inner circle, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this can't be true. This can't be true. And I only sent it to kind of my inner circle, and dude. I was blown away. Like I was hoping, really hoping that this it was, wasn't, you know, yeah, fake. You know, I, I, I was. It was one of those things. Just because you know, similar and eerie in similarity with Chadwick Boseman just kind of came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Um, and, and similarly, kind of they, they, they kind of held this disease and their fight in, in absolute privacy and to me that's the the biggest part just because it just seems like it came out of nowhere that's significant um, yeah you know and, and it was just it was just crazy and then i you know i honestly took a little bit of time to reflect um just because he played such a huge part in my childhood right like i'm 37 when batman the animated series came out in 92 you know i was a child i was and it was learning. a game changer yeah it was a game changer and it was such you know, now after how many Batmans and how many attempts at Batman cartoons and, and all this and that, and I'm, a lot of them were super popular. Some of them were, 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 you know, to this day, I hold near and dear to my heart, like the Batman itself. But nothing is going to beat the Batman, the animated series. That is yeah. iconic in so many ways from the, you know, from the music to the animation style, which we still see in DCU yeah. movies, right? Yeah. It's such an iconic character such an iconic voice you know when you think batman you think michael keaton you think kevin conroy those are for me the two people that you think of and respectfully because i've had there's going to be this ongoing ongoing debate but you know i he's not for for those who don't understand he's not the genesis of batman because there was somebody before him but adam west will always be cherished for his significant reasons but what what differentiates him to Kevin Conroy and why Kevin Con- he may have been the earliest but he doesn't mean it was the best what Kevin Conroy did with his powerful performance as Batman and Bruce Wayne is redefine w- the way we look at Batman yes his portrayal is definitive to what we see today in all the Batman comics to the animations to the video games uh you know the Arkham series is down f- by far is his uh injustice you know all of those, it's like, and it's it, his performance can be argued is the reason why we have this stupid debate about how Batman 
does and destroys and beats everybody and everything because you know the old saying on in, in the geek world because Batman. That's why. Yep. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. He defines so much of what we know of Batman today. Like, yeah. you know, people can say Frank Miller created yeah. the Batman we see today in terms dark Knight, of the right. dark persona, right? But yeah. in terms of a actor portraying Batman and the difference between Batman and Bruce Wayne, yeah, if Kevin Conroy was the one who really took it up to the next level. I'm going to give Michael Keaton all the credit because he's the one who kind of defined that, 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 that character. Through Tim Burton's vision, absolutely. But through Tim Burton's vision, Kevin Conroy took that to a 10. He really took it far. He, he took it way farther because Michael Keaton never, re- I mean, aside from Batman Returns, we never got to see, you know, him really do a portrayal. And again, we always give Michael Keaton respect, but when it comes to just Batman in general, when we talk about the definitive, you know, persona of Batman, it goes to Kevin uh, Conroy without a yeah. doubt. Now, yeah. for those who don't, yeah, you haven't seen it yet, don't know, um, that are listening and watching this. I actually had the opportunity in 2018 to, you know, be a part of a, you know, courtesy of Repop, uh, course, um, be a part of this one, one of my first, uh, workings and, you know, with Repop, uh, back then. And, you know, I had the opportunity to attend a press event, um, with Kevin Conroy on Batman day, uh, at, here in Philadelphia for Keystone comic-con. And it's a half hour, it's you it's a must watch um since i uploaded it has been like shared uh quite a bit and watched quite a bit but he tells a lot of stories we get to ask you know it's a, it's a media scrum you know q and a type of thing and just hear him talk about you know his involvement the things that we don't know that we're not privy to uh, you know as people who are actors and everything. We talk about that and a really awesome story. That I'm sure he's mentioned like once or twice, you know, in his zeitgeist, but he talks about it thoroughly about him during nine 11. And it's a really awesome story that I highly recommend people go out of your way to check out. You can check it out on, on Facebook uh, at, De- uh, at Xavier Josiah. You can check it out in ACMG Facebook group. You could go on, um, TalkTimeLive.com, you can watch it there as well. It's a must-watch and a really under great way to understand why he is so beloved, why he's so legendary as well. It's it's an incredible, it was just an incredible opportunity. You know, and it's it's times like this where I, I talk with Boris, you know, before we started the show, but it's like it's it's reasons and times like this why we put so much work into what we do and because we love it that much and to get these opportunities to, you know, talk to people in the world of our favorite fandoms. It, you, you know, when you get to the points like this, it's just, it's unforgettable, you know? Yeah. So to it's that, it's a remarkable yeah, thing. It, it really is to your point. Like there's really nothing else that we can say. Yeah. I mean, so to that, you know, rest in peace and rest in power to the one and only legendary Kevin Conroy thoughts, hearts, and prayers to all of his fin- uh, friends, family, and fans out there. You know, he will, there were, it may not be another one for quite a while. And I know Kevin, you know, uh, Troy Baker's out there, but, you know, Troy Baker's just like the closest thing <laughs> to who we have to Kevin Conroy. But it's just it's it's without that one that that certain element that uh, he that that Shakespearean element that he brought in so much. So, you know, thank you for the time. Thank you for the memories. And I will be watching him consistently on HBO Max from this point on and playing Arkham like crazy. So. With that said, it's time for the main event, people. Get my Mark Henry on real quick. And um, 
we got to talk about you know Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh a major follow-up to the uh the to the previous one, which you know really put Chadwick Boseman on the front in this unfortunate time. We have to pay homage to him. This was felt this was more to me like a memorial service. Um, I don't know how it was in your theater, but we'll talk about that as well, Boris. But like it was wait, the, the 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 tone in the theater and the vibe was so different. It felt like it was still being celebrated, but because of the significance of the film, it was very, very silent. And and until the until certain parts. And then in the end, by the end, you know, we were like literally cheering like uh Ibombe and everybody was going like Ibombe in the theater. <laughs> like it was like it was real because we all felt it. There was a guy right next to me, a white gentleman, right next to me. And I'm watching him. And there were parts that like I was kind of, you know, tripping and dripping. And he was dripping because profusely. And I was like, yo, I'm trying to man up, but this is not a moment to man up. We just gotta let it go. And there were some parts in there. We'll talk about all that, but the, the love that Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige and, and Chadwick Boseman has made for people all of all, you know, colors, facets, whatever. And, and their love for, you know, Black Panther was amazing. Like when, when we, when we, I, I had to give him my, my napkins because I felt it. I'm like, yeah, he got us. He, he got us, man. <laughs> He's like, dude was like, yeah, he did. That was our man up moment. Right there. Yep. But um, we're going to go talk about the overall thoughts of the movie. We're going to talk about certain aspects of the movie, certain characters and everything. We're going to run down a lot of things. Um, I want to just go right to the overall thoughts of this movie um, without going into further detail of what we're going to talk about in this uh, episode. But this movie was full of very deep and emotional moments from start to finish while like not allowing it to overshadow the action and entertainment entertaining moments uh, for me. Uh, I think director Ryan Coogler and uh, screenplay writer Joe uh, Robert Cole had the unenviable task to not only having to rewrite the script uh, of the following uh, of the follow-up due to the untimely passing of Chadwick Boseman, but I think they did a successful job at this. I, I think they did an amazing, unbelievable job at this, all things considered. They managed to pay their respects to Chadwick, introduce new characters, not only um, meant to, a, that was not originally meant to appear on this uh, movie. And also, you know, made everybody who debated whether, the role of T'Challa should be recasted or not. Uh, you know, everybody, I think they made everybody happy in one swoop. What was your thoughts on it? I think I think you summed it up really well when you said, I think they made everyone happy in one swoop. Like, it, 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 they were honestly met with one of the most difficult tasks, let's be honest, in terms of us, in terms of, you know, us watching everything MCU. We don't talk too much about, about what we watch, right? I think we yeah. really focus, our, our friendship is really focused on wrestling, um, but you know, I think the MCU is because of the Disney Plus expansion and the Disney Plus plan and content, content, content. Yeah, you know their quality, and this isn't my personal thought. It's just the overall arching reality of the situation, right? Yeah, they're they've been faced with a lot of backlash. They've been faced with up and down TV shows. They've been faced with so much. So you know, and after various. Uh, uh, receptions to the movies from Doctor Strange uh, and uh, the latest Thor movie, I think that a lot of attention was being brought back into Black Panther, right? Yeah. So I feel like Black Panther is the big 
make or break moment of the MCU right now. I would agree. Yeah. You try. <laughs> Imagine that pressure, man. Imagine the pressure of knowing that your movie is going to either, you know, really expand the MCU, make it move forward, all power, like, you know, no questions asked, you know, just power through, or yeah. if we're going to have to rethink things. And just, just, I know that they didn't know this as they were writing the script, but, you know, as the marketing campaigns were starting, as reshoots were happening, as editing was happening, this was obvious, like, very, must have been very obvious to them. I guess short story long is that, you know, they took the impossible task and they ran with it. And I think that they did a marvelous job, pun 100% intended, um, of, you know, not only honoring Chadwick Boseman, not only respecting Chadwick Boseman and him as a human being and his contributions to the MCU, because I think it's understated how important Black Panther was. And can we also add what he... Can we also add what he did outside of the camera? Yeah, that's exactly what I was where I was going to go with this. Like, it's yeah. honoring the human being, right? It's honoring everything that he's done. And I feel like this movie was a reflection of that in certain scenes, which we can get to a little later, right? Like, yeah. I feel like this was just a huge, just like you said, a memorial to Chadwick Boseman covered with an MCU movie in the most respectful and amazing way humanly possible, right? Like, I think... Yeah. It tugged on my heartstrings, and for something to tug on my heartstrings that much, as much as this movie did in certain parts, it takes a lot, right? Um, just yeah. from an artistic point of view, just from a personal point of view, just from an, a pure raw entertainment point of view, this movie had it all. This movie was really well done. This movie was just, I'm not saying it's the best thing that the MCU has ever done, but in today's times with everything that we're facing in you know real life and yeah. the v- small little facets of entertainment of of forgetting everything around us that we have this is perfect yeah the somber silence of the intro and opening logo uh had the audience very emotional in the theater it, when it went silent it was just like you could feel it's like whoosh because it just like after that first scene and then the logo came up and you saw the, you know, all the Chadwick Boseman tribute uh, logo came up and it was just, it went complete dark and silent for a few seconds uh, intentionally. And it was just like, that was, that was so deep. <laughs> I thought yeah. they did very, they, it was very well done. Um, there's no way they could have made this any better or worse in my opinion. So the question I want to ask for you, because this was, you know, the change around was the big focus of the, antagonist of this film somebody that we wanted to see for quite some time coming to the mcu it did and in a different way um and they did a fresh coat of paint with this character uh what were your thoughts on namor in the land of uh talakon because you know for those who don't realize namor is the first mutant which they kind of mentioned on here gracefully um, which also leads to other things. Um, this is like the third or fourth time they mentioned mutant in all different formats too, by the way. Yep. Um, they also had to change around the Atlantis storyline for those who don't read the comic books in, in the actual Marvel comic universe, Namor, the Submariner lived in Atlantis, but due to the fact that DC beat them to it with Aquaman, they just said, let's just recreate the whole thing. And he did so in a dope way by, you know, using Aztec, um, you know, cultural aspects to it. And uh, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good, but you know, elaborate on that a little bit more, what you thought of it. 
I thought it was so well done, and and I think you said right. DC beat them to it with the whole Atlantis thing. So Marvel yeah. had to rethink everything in terms of how they were going to introduce Namor. And I think that using, you know, the uh, the whole Aztec and the whole uh, Latin American native aspect of it was such a perfect inclusion of yeah. the Latin world, right? I yeah. think that it, it really spoke to me being of Latin American descent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how rare is it? that a latin american character and is so focused with such a rich history and such a yeah. such a deep backstory right and we're not drug dealers we're not shooting no. people up right like that's the thing that that, that people But you're a force to, to be reckoned with just like we are which yes. that's that's actually real life <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's the thing right like for me and there's just so many oh there's so many parallels between real life right mm-hmm. and, and and the latin culture and the black culture right dude and, for and you, the, I, that- the latin culture was always to me the cousin culture that's yes. what i always consider like i've been around i've been around other you know environments and cultures all through my life i've you know had you know affairs you know in that in a community of sorts you know it's just I, I love the community. It was there. We got a lot in common. So it's like, you know, it's one thing we've never been in, you know, in this type of battle. But when we figure it out, it's like we're all in the same game. <laughs> and that's exactly what this movie was all about. Right. And I just yep. love parallels. But going back to specifically the whole handling of Namor's new origin story, I thought that it was really well done. I really enjoyed yep. it. I thought that it was well thought of for an MCU project. It's very rare that you get a complete rewrite in the MCU. Yeah. It's so well done. I personally love this, right? And yeah. like, not to offend anyone listening or watching, but I know that there are people who aren't going to like this for the simple fact that it's so different. God forbid it's different from the comics. I'm sorry. But <laughs> if I wanted to watch an exact recreation of the comics, I, would, I, don't, I don't know what I would watch, right? It, it, yeah. it's, it's all right have certain changes and this is one of them that were was a required change and it was so well done and i really liked it i think that you know especially in the black panther franchise within the mcu what a perfect way to have another kind of unseen culture right spotlight and to me that's what spoke out to this it was the fact that it was the aztecs and it was the land culture right and it was right Really, like again, I don't want to not not to get too spoilery and to get ahead of ourselves, but to see the colonizers and the Spanish actually being portrayed as villains and bad people. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh <laughs> loved it. Now, it now I will admit because I'm so familiar with uh, Namor and his character, just his character, not the ethnicity part. The ethnicity aspect was really cool that they did for it. I just loved it. Like, okay, we're getting another introduction of a world the same way that we in, in our, in a black community got introduced to Wakanda. We're entering a whole nother world. Salakon had the same intro feeling. Uh, I, it should have the same intro feeling for, you know, the Latino culture um, as it would for us when we like first seen Wakanda. And it was the, the same thing. Even got, uh, you know, they, uh, Talicon even has their own, you know, uh, salute gestures as well, yeah. which is awesome. But as a character, it I was just focused on the character of Namor because in the comics, Namor is a bit like he's in the gray. <laughs> he's kind of like he's not a good guy at times. He works with good guys, but he's also worked with bad guys, too. He's been a bad guy many times, too. Um, 
he's kind of, you know, before Vegeta. <laughs> Namor was that dude. Yes. You know what I'm saying? The arrogant, you know, pompous type of, you know, persona. Like, he can be a good guy at times, but, like, he will change up in a minute if something doesn't go his way. So I wanted, I was looking for that, and it took me a while to get used to him. But as the movie progressed, I started recognizing him as the Namor, you know, and his demeanor came from, and it changed immediately. Uh, it's still not the Submariner I've grown up to, but it's very fitting for the MCU, and I love it. I absolutely enjoyed it. And let me say real quick, for those who always complain about that, because one, is this just another reason for them to complain? Two... I challenge anybody who understands the ter- you know the the art of branding and understanding that the the U in the MCU is universe, meaning that it's not the six one six is not the ultimate universe. It is its own within the multiverse. So they uh, well, technically they did say it is the six one six before anybody says anything, but it's generally its own universe that they can take liberties to do. You know, hence why, you know, DC does it too with the multi, with their version of the multiverse. The whole multiverse thing gives people an ability to take liberties with the core aspect. So you, without taking out the core, you're just, you got the core and the nucleus of what it is, but you're just slowly just changing it around to give it some, you know, different, you know, perspective to give it a different feel and look to, at, you know, to change the storyline around, to change story aspects around with it, but still remaining the core. That's the trick. It's still remaining the core element. Does this feel like Tony Stark? Does this feel like Peter Parker? Does this feel like, you know, t- uh, T'Challa? And so forth and so on. You know, they it has to really feel to that, that caters to the hardcore and appeal to the casuals as well. So um, that's just, that's my usual thing with that. You know, it, it, you just, you got to embrace it because it's happened all over movies in Hollywood forever. That's been adapted to any book. Hell, have anybody read the Godfather? Not the same as the book. <laughs> I can different. name a book. Yes, it is. I can name a book. I did a book report on that back then. Um, I, I, yeah, I can name a bunch of different, you know, aspects. Hell, in the actual MCU, you're supposed to wear Kamoya beads on the, on the left. I wear it on the right because this is my universe. <laughs> so there. But yeah, no, um, like I said, as the, as the movie went on, I really liked the Namor character. And by the end, I was like, okay, this is becoming the Namor I am known to love. I just, I want him to be a part of the Fantastic Four so bad. (laughs) I was literally about to go into that, right? The one aspect of the Namor character that I'm glad they didn't touch, like Mm -hmm. he's larger than life, right? Yeah. The Submariner. And I feel like by the end of the movie, we kind of saw that, right? We saw mm-hmm. this larger-than-life controlling overarching character. But yeah. I like the fact that they're kind of doing this slow burn on his character because I'm very happy that they didn't go all in on the Namor, you know, being this celebrity. Right? Yes. And I, you, you saw the seeds planted that they will mm-hmm. be able to tell that story as this entire... Uh, storyline progresses between you know the whole isolation of Wakanda and yeah. the rest of the world, right? Because you know that this yeah. is going to be now a major point in the MCU. Um, you know, but you can see where Namor is going to become this larger than life celebrity, bigger than everyone. And I do feel like you are going to see some more integration with the the Fantastic Four as they get introduced. As huh? there are more mutants introduced in the MCU, I th- I can see Namor kind of being the mutants kind of like uh, like 
figure, the celebrity figure, because he's the first yeah. one, right? And, and and the fact that he they went out of their way to say how he was a mutant and how his origin story from the 1500s, almost, you know, yeah. the 16th century, I feel like they're really building those seeds to make him that larger-than-life celebrity that we know as yeah. Namor, the Submariner, right? So yeah. I think that that's, that was really well done. Um, and I think that they what they really captured in this movie was just how... His intentions at the end of the day right now yeah. are to his people. Mm-hmm. And that determines how he treats everyone else, whether yeah. he's good or whether he's bad. Because we even saw in this movie itself, he went back and forth being a face and heel, good guy and a bad guy. You're like, how many times? He's the big show of the MC <laughs> right now. <laughs> Damn, that much? <laughs> <laughs> Only wrestling fans will get this. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Meaning that he's going to be, he's going to be a villain. He's going to be hero. He's going to be anti-hero. He's going. That to is be the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about best or favorite or worst characters. And I, to be honest, I just put worst just for the record. But there were really no bad characters in no. here at all. None. No. So far be it for me to even. Let's just throw that out of the way. Um. I want to, I'll mention it first, but you know, the really big standout of this movie before, because everybody that was in the movie so far, aside from, um, the people under the sea were like already established, but Dominic Thorne as Riri Williams, as a fan of, of Ironheart, I thought that this actress did a tremendous job. Um, I thought she just really was so, I've never seen, I, I think I did see her in like one or two films prior to. Um, but other than that, I, she really came out and stood out here because Riri is one of those new characters in the MBCU that is like Miles Morales that has really, she's out there, but she hasn't got her due. And I think this was a big time to shine, shine. And they needed an actor who can really portray this and really bring that character out as the person who will be initially the new Tony Stark of the of the uh universe right now and i thought she did a really good job as a person i've read the books uh actually funny thing because i actually have the invincible iron man book in my office right now um it's a it's a limited edition number one signed by um uh ariel johnson you don't know who that is but and our um she used to run a you know a comic book shop and it was known as the first um comic book shop you know owned by a black female in the East coast. And it was so huge that Marvel celebrated that by drawing her into the first issue of the uh, comic with uh, Riri on air. And it's a very special limited edition issue now. Um, and it's unfortunately because the store, the shop is no longer there. Unfortunately, because COVID really kind of put a hit on it. But um, I, I, that, that story, if you haven't read Ironheart, go out of your way and read it. It's an awesome story. Uh, and how she is leading to become uh, the new Iron Man and how Tony Stark, you know, is, you know, helping her to do that. The now defunct, but Android version, like, you know, Tony Stark's her Jarvis now yeah. <laughs> in the book. So and she went on to actually uh, join the kind of the Young Avengers team called the Champions later on down the line. And she's an awesome story. Um, and not only that, the um, I, I won't get into deep on her, but. Um, I'll skip on her for now, but I've, you know, she was one of the biggest standouts. Um, Angela Bassett as Cream Ramonda, 
This is why you needed Angela Bassett in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is why we wanted her to be Storm a long time ago. People forgot. Like, you remember that whole situation when she declined to be in the X-Men? And we got Holly Berry, unfortunately. And then you look at her performances as uh, Queen Ramonda, and it was just like, this is why. She, I'm I'm so glad that she got so much uh, airtime. In this, in this, in this time around, and she rolled with it. She man, slammed it. Um, Latisha Wright, you know, she had to take the commanding role this time. I thought she really stepped up, and uh, she she stood. She was the standout last on, on the last movie. I think she really stepped it up. She had to, and she did it really well. And she sacrificed a lot <laughs> to do it this time around, and it was well worth it. Um, Winston Duke as Mbaku, he was. He was the comedy relief of the of the deal, but he did it with great fashion. I love Winston Duke. Um, loved him in Us as well. He was dope for that movie too. Uh, but, you know, M'Baku, he really shined in here. And Nakia, Lupita Nguyen, of course, was kind of the, like, she was the spirit of the actual uh, movie for me. So, uh, who was your, who was standing out for you? Honestly, you named them all. You named them all. For me, uh, honestly, Angela Bassett just picked it up and went with it. It was amazing. Everything... That like, oh, it's powerful, man. It was so powerful, especially that scene in the UN, right? Exactly like, my point. That scene, just so powerful in so many ways. And going back without giving anything really away, you know, the parallels between the real world and the MCU and this entertainment world, yeah. just mixing it, it, it within itself, it just go make makes you go, huh? So much yeah. so that I went with you know a. Uh, uh, childhood friend of mine a high school mm-hmm. friend of mine and she, you know she's she watches mcu she's a geek ish right but she's not really into it the way that you and i are um so yeah when we left the theater she was just like this is why i hate the world because and then she you know she she essentially re, re, uh, recalled that scene in the un and it's like well that's that's the beauty of these movies right yeah that they're so smart that they do do these parallels and it yeah. really does make you think, right? It's like, you know, I always think of and call back to that scene in the star Wars prequels when, when, mm-hmm. you know, when Natalie Portman essentially says, right. Right. Like, you know, talk, calling, you know, that how power hungry everyone is. Right. Right. And that's the beauty of this. And Angela Bassett in that scene was just so powerful and throughout the entire movie and her arc, in the movie, right? And like her, her, um, you know, you know, with Okoye, that scene too was like that was a really riveting and powerful scene too. You could feel yeah. her pain yeah. <laughs> in that scene. It, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Who else? Dominic Thorne. Dominic Thorne. Oh, just so good as Riri Williams. I had look, I had issues with the Riri portrayal and just how. And this is something that the MCU's kind of been doing. I saw this in Thor with Natalie Portman, like the latest mm-hmm. one, Gone in Thunder. Um, yeah. Where it was kind of like everyone seems to know how to fight. But uh, but as Dominic, uh, as sorry, as Riri Williams and Ironheart, fantastic job. It was exactly yeah. what you needed. You know, you tell me a non-white, a person of color. With so, so much pizzazz, right? At such mm-hmm. a young age, right? As uh, and that's what I really enjoyed about that character, and it was so well done. 
again, funny when needed to be funny. Um, <laughs> and, and I just really enjoyed that that a lot. Honestly, even Tenoquertas Namor, like I thought he just killed it, considering yes. that he's yeah. literally, literally portraying a new Namor. Right? Yeah. He couldn't read the comics and say, "This is how I'm going to do it," because his his character. I don't want to say it's different, but it's different enough that he couldn't portray that Namor in this movie. And still right. celebrate the heritage. Yes, and that's exactly it. I think he did a great job of respecting the character of Namor. Can you imagine? It's Namor. Like, one of the most popular. Like, he's older than Marvel, right? Yeah, like, like, let's yeah he honest. really is. Before, yeah, so- it was, it was the, uh, I forgot the name of the, uh, the comic, uh, the name of the comic uh, company before Marvel. It's in the uh, top of my head, too. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't do it because we'll just go all the Exactly. Exactly. Timely. Timely comics. Timely. Yes. Correct. Because yeah. Stan Lee was actually not uh, doing anything of what he was. He was pretty much like a gopher at that point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> Tino Cuerta did a great job with Namor. I thought that it was such a powerful performance when it needed to be powerful. I thought that. You know, he really command. He, you felt like you wanted to kneel before him and do whatever he said, right? Like, and that's that's like you didn't want to get. Like, he seems like he'll be nice to you, but if you get under his skin, <laughs> which is funny enough, it's a very Latin quality. <laughs> like, know, if you're from it. around the way, you kind of know how to. You know, you got to use you know critical thinking, and you got to use like you just got to read the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and. One person that we didn't call out that I thought was great in this movie was Martin Freeman. Mm. I thought he did a really good job. Again, maybe we can talk about this in a little bit uh, in terms of that story arc. But Mm -hmm. I think Martin Freeman did a great job in this movie of, again, being that person in the middle and trying to play various parts to various people and just trying to be the good person. And I thought he did a great job. But... I, I still can't take Martin Freeman serious with an, with an American accent. He's still <laughs> the, you know. He's Especially the, when he's he, on an FX show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, to me, he's still 2004 Martin Freeman in the office, you know. <laughs> no, awesome. I agree. I, he's, I would give him an um, honorable mention, a Koye honorable mention uh, as well. Like, and believe it or not, Trevor Noah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> who played? Many don't realize Trevor Noah was in the movie. He's the he was the AI, and he was in the first one too. But they gave him more of a speaking role this time around because you know we now know it's Trevor Noah, and it's Trevor Noah. Yep. <laughs> and what better way to celebrate the man who's leaving the Daily Show, which is pissing me off every time. He's so close to the end of his term. Oh, what Have a what a deal! Live, yes, yes. Uh, so last year here in Philadelphia, and it was. It's, 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 we've been, my wife and I have been to quite a few, um, comedy shows of like we, Tommy Davidson, him, uh, Martin Lawrence, if you will, uh, Michael Blackson and all this stuff, but like, and Chris Rock just like a month ago or so. And, um, you know, these guys are geniuses, Wanda Sykes as well. Um, geniuses, all of them. And I highly recommend people to go out and see these guys, you know, great date night, uh, you know, go to's for that. Well worth the money indeed. But, um, yeah, it was great to hear him on air, you know, and, and, you know, I thought that was just them paying homage to him, too, in some way, because he got way more lines than he ever did on the first one. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. It was great to see that. Um, so many great performances in this movie, right? Like, it, when you sent me, 
the questions or the outline, and I'm like, "Ooh, worst! Oh, this is this is going to be a hard <laughs> one. This is honestly going to be a hard one." Just that was just happenstance. Like, that, that was like we're just balling yeah. up and throwing that away. It just it, if it just happened to be because I gave that to you before the movie. We got yeah. we both got to see the movie. We yeah. all know what to walk into. So, <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, you can tell that everyone for lack of a better term, did this for Chadwick. And I'm not saying that if what happened to Chadwick, this movie wouldn't have been as as impactful and good as it was, but I just feel like everyone upped their performance knowing that this was going to be for him, a memorial to him, um, a thank you to him, not only as Black Panther, not only as T'Challa, but as Chadwick Boseman, the human being, right? Yeah. So I feel like everyone just took it up a notch to... To, to celebrate that and and that was so obvious in this movie right and i'm not gonna say yeah. the name but there is one major cameo one major surprise in this movie and i thought that that one scene was so powerful in so many different ways as well i want you know that 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 actor well, needs to be called out as well yeah oh god yes oh we're we're segueing right into that right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> no worries, because we're definitely going to talk about our favorite moments of this movie. So I would assume that anybody that's listening or watching this right now has already seen this. And if you have not, this is and will be a spoiler episode. So play at your own risk in here, because there's no way in hell we're going to talk about favorite moments and not talk about things. But um, let's talk about favorite moments, man. Uh, the opening uh, death scene. Uh, we got to talk about that in emphasis, because... I thought it was brilliant and and very, I, I, I'll come up with the word for it, but it was brilliant and brave. I'll just say that, that they implied why he died. Yes. And if you really look at that first scene, you saw Suri, you know, trying to configure the uh, DNA and also trying to reconfigure the, um, the heart shape that a certain someone burned out in the first movie to save T'Challa for whatever was ailing him. It was implied that he was suffering from some type of disease, that he was suffering from something. It was implied that it was a reflection of Chadwick in that same way without even saying it. Yep. I thought that was deep. It was to do as an artist, as an artist of any kind, but in particular, like art, if you're doing like canvas art, uh, illustration or whatever like that, one of the things that they teach you in, in art school or college or whatever like that is implied impliedness, impliedness, meaning like, you know, there's negative space here, but there's an impliedness to create the asymmetrical type of balance that you would have for a certain piece that you have. So it brings balance when you see it. This can be said the same thing for, you know, screenplay writing and whatnot. There's a certain impliedness is where even though you don't see it, you know what it was based on. You know what the meaning is. You know what is there. And there was this impliedness of her trying to save her brother from an ailment. They never spoke anything about what was the matter with T'Challa. They never spent anything. You just because they relied on us, the audience, to know exactly what we we know of the situation. They brought that reality into it without saying it. It was kind of remind me of Eddie Guerrero. We're going to get to wrestling here as a reference. Eddie Guerrero, when he went into that ring one time, didn't say a word and the crowd was pissed. He was a hill at the time and he did not need to say a word to get booed. 
yep. and he walked out. And, it, and even more, there was implied this that whatever he was going to say, regardless, he was going to get booed. He said nothing, and it got an even bigger boo. This is kind of the implied this here, where it's like, you know what she was trying to do. You know what was going on. We didn't know how because you look at the you look at the trailer, you're thinking, Oh, are they gonna flood that he's gonna die from the flood? Because if you read the X-Men versus Avengers comics or Avengers uh, versus X-Men comics, this is where kind of this storyline is based around the rivalry between T'Challa and and uh Namor. Because during that saga, Namor, you could say he was under the influence of the Phoenix Force or whatever like that, but part of it is his own instinct. He decided to flood Wakanda, killing millions of people in the, in the, in the uh, continent. And T'Challa swore down that he was going to ca- get revenge on this dude. And they kind of played to that based, you know, loosely based on that storyline and kind of just made it into their own weaving here. And, you know, so we didn't get that part, but here we are. And, and she was working on it and it, she, unfortunately it was too late. And that's when, you know, uh, Queen Ramonda came in and it was just like, and that's when it went silent. I thought that was so brilliantly done. And anybody that came in not trying to cry right there, it was no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that, that alone could, could give Angela Bassett awards, right? Like just her walking down somberly down the stairs, you know, you knew what was up. And that's again, the impliedness of us knowing exactly what went on without them saying it. Yeah. So powerful, so amazing, so well done, right? And, like, you know, from that's just from a personal artistic point of view. But, like, let's, let, let, let's look at this from the MCU point of view now, right? Mm-hmm. Let, let's be geeks for a second because that's what we are at the core of it all. <laughs> this now opens up a lot of possibilities, right? I, I feel like they're going to leave this as a one-off, let me start by saying that, but I feel like I feel I agree, but they could take this a little further in the sense and they it like just completely leave T'Challa's death out of this, but they could make reference in the sense of, you know, the snap did something to people's DNA, did something to people that people who were gone for those five years Something's happened to them. They're not all the same when they came back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Huh. Whether it be the radiation exposure or something, right? I feel like they they've now at least opened the door for the possibility of these further explanations, right? But which they did and, mention a blip just vaguely. Yes, in here they did they did mention it. Yep, exactly. Nakia mentioned it. Yep. So I feel like that that, that you know the, the, that door that seeds there the door is open. But I feel like if they were to leave this as just that, right? It just yeah. it's just amazing but going back to that art you know light versus uh art the fact that no one knew of t'challa's illness right it was so reflective in the final scene and for me the final yeah. scene was the mid-credit scene and yeah. it was just like a beautiful it just went full circle yeah so and we'll definitely talk about yeah. that so like i'm separating that from all the other moments that we have there. And yes. let's talk about it. Yeah. The return of Killmonger. Yes. The return of Killmonger. Michael I, B. Jordan. I don't know oh. why I didn't think to, I didn't, I had no idea. I'm like, he's already done. How was it? How, how would he even remotely come back? This is, I don't know if you remember, like you ever watch new Jack city, the movie. Yeah. There was a time 
back in the day. This was so stupid. And I find it hilarious even every time I say it, that people wanted to have a, you know, New Jack City 2. But, and it was, it, people were joking, talking about it. it was like the return of Nino Brown or the ghost of Nino Brown or something like that. <laughs> it was hilarious because, you know, you could argue like Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger is the modern day Nino Brown. Oh, 100%. And it was so such a riveting portrayal and performance that like you wanted to see this dude come back and thank goodness we did in the what if uh you know series we got a chance to see him be him in such a dope way in the in the uh, animated series, but I'm thinking like I, everything that was going on and everything that was happening, far be it for me to think that Michael B. Jordan will make his return appearance, and the way that they did it was again brilliant by bringing him into the astral world. Because yes, he was king. Yeah. <laughs> people, people forget he. Once you're king, you're in. He did take. He he did take. Um, you know the herb, the heart shaped herb and everything. So like he he had all the credentials to be in there, and yeah. that's what happened. Was Zuri, you know, took her took hers and it came up. Amazing scene. And if, I'll let you go ahead with the rest of that. It, it, your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, it was such a again another powerful scene. Where you know after Suri takes you know the the, uh, the new heart you know and, and takes that and, and goes into the astral plane, it was yeah. the fact that it was Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger. It was like, what is going on here? But then you remember, right? Like, and this is the beauty of this movie, where what we're seeing isn't necessarily how a lot of these characters are feeling, and they make yeah. reference to it throughout the movie, right? Like Suri's pissed off at the world. She hates the world, right? For so she's many that reasons. pissed. She she's conjured him up. <laughs> yeah, that's that to me. That was the, the the most powerful part that she was so angry at the world. You know, she lost her brother. She lost a bunch of people at this point. Her father, right? her father, her brother, her mother. At this point, right? Like she right. hates everyone at this right. point. So it only made sense that it would that it would be like the most tumultuous king humanly possible right. and that was killmonger and yeah. what's so powerful about that scene is that of all people to give her the you know the the the, the strength the backing the potential to be black panther of all people it was killmonger right <laughs> but again it just goes to show you how black and not and not, like, not everything is black and white in the MCU, right? There's just so many shades of gray, and I feel like that was the overarching theme here. Where, you know, to me, someone might be a good guy, but to other people, that good guy might be a bad guy, right? You right. see it in Namor. You see it in the entire portrayal of the of the powers that be in the global world, right? You see that even, you know, uh, um. You see that so so much in this movie, and I I thought that that was so well done, right? Like even in uh, Valentina Allegra, you see that in her. You don't know whether she's good or bad. And Again, another big surprise there too. I I, yeah. I was not expecting uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus to come back. I love yeah. that she just pops up out of nowhere, man. It's just oh, it's just yeah. awesome. It was so well done too. But like it it just like it, there was so much gray in this movie, and I I really enjoyed that. But going back to that killmonger scene it was just it's so powerful and so well done and it was kind of a perfect end to his character let him be a good guy in the end and that's what that's what we got with michael b jordan there and his cameo right it was like a perfect way to write the character off and 
it, like who better, right? Than and if you and if you really think about it, even his character is ruthless and 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 cutthroat as he was. There was a reason for it. Yes, you know that it, it, within every Marvel villain, there's always a nucleus as to why they're doing it. And when you go down to the to the very beginning and the genesis of why he became who he was and what he did, it was an innocent kid wondering why, you know, not understanding things, but just dealing with it the way he he only knows how to and only way he can. So he there and he was in his own mind in a magneto like mind he had was doing it for the purpose of of the culture, yep. you know. Just wasn't the best way to go about it. <laughs> he almost overthrew a lot of people. So exactly, phenomenal scene right there. And then you know, for me, the battle uh, in the sea between uh, Talakanians, I guess we could call them until yeah. they say otherwise, versus the Wakandans was awesome, which led to the appearance of the full Ironheart suit. Because I didn't real, I did not realize we were going to get the full Ironheart suit in this in this movie. I thought we were just getting the you know, the Mark one suit that she had recently. And they were going to lead into the, uh, her, her series with the suit, but no, I love that suit. I loved everything about it. I love the, um, Okoye and the other ones, uh, new suits as well. Yes. That was awesome. Like even Okoye got a little bit of upgrade, even though she didn't like it. She, she kind of, you know, assimilated into it, if you will. But that iron heart suit was so awesome. It was beautifully done. Uh, what did, what were your thoughts on that one? I, I, again, I was, I don't want to say I was surprised, but there was a bit of a surprise just like you, right? I thought that that was going to be the mid credit scene that she's mm. going to be given that upgrade. lead into her own series, right? Yeah. But the fact that they just threw it in there, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Um, it was smart of them to do that. Give her the airtime now so that, hey, I remember this character when the, her eventual MCU uh, Disney Plus series comes out, yep. right? So I thought that that was really smart. Um, I thought that the suit looked good. It looked beautiful. So good. It was so well Very done. accurate to the actual uh, comic book suit, too, especially with the face and everything. And I loved how it opened up yep. as well. Yep. Exactly. Like, even the way that the gun works, right? Like, it's kind of like yeah. the arm is kind of attached to the suit. And, like, it, it's just really well done. It looked really good. And just that entire fight, right? Like, it, was, it wasn't even a long scene because, no. the, you know, and it was smart how they how it wasn't a long scene because at the end of the day everyone kind of makes peace and everyone is fighting for their own purpose going back to the yeah. many themes of this movie right everyone uh does things for a reason right mm -hmm. and, and you don't know what their reasons are just yet so i kind of that that entire fight scene was cool and i believe this was like the first full on water water world fight scene that we had <laughs> In the yes, it was. So that, so that was well done. That was really cool. And it was smart how they, uh, how it was all done, right? I really enjoyed mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So uh, other than that, what, um, what were your favorite moments? Oh, it was just honestly, so, so uh, I, the way that, okay, we talked about the intro. We talked about Killmonger scene. We talked about the fight scene. You know, some other amazing moments in this movie were, um, you know, the introduction of Namor and his yeah. crew and everyone. I thought that that mm -hmm. was really well done. In, in, you talking about in, there at the beginning when they were in, the uh, taking over the ship? Yeah, I thought that that was really well done. I thought that you kind of got a good gist of what we're getting, uh, you know, from their siren song, which was so yeah. well oh, done. Oh, yes. Right? 
Like, and the fact that the siren song even worked against the, you know, the, in Wakanda, right? Like the, that, that was so, that was awesome. It just goes and people going off a cliff. I'm like, no, yeah, <laughs> yes, it was so cool. Um, so all of that, I thought the introduction, um, you know, to, to Namor was, was really cool. Like in Wakanda. And again, it just goes to show you how powerful he is. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought that that was really cool. Um, there was just, this movie was full of good scenes and that to me was, was, was just so reflective of it. Whereas I'm trying to think through the movie right now, it's like, honestly, this movie was really well done and it's hard to pick out standout scenes. And I think yeah. that, the, you know, the, the, the mid credit scene as well was so impactful and so great and so well done. And, and again, went full circle with honoring um uh, T'Challa uh, and Chadwick. Yeah. And let's talk about that right now because the post credit scene I don't think anybody expected. And let's talk about that. Like we see it, it well first of all, it ends with Shuri heading to Haiti to meet with Nakia and she, you know, because they promised to hang once everything is over, you know, she you does introduction. She doesn't join the ceremony at Wakanda, <laughs> where Mbaku is like taking, you know, to decide he wants to like I'll I'll use the hang time to fight somebody. He, she goes to uh, Haiti with Nakia, I guess to make amends of everything. But if you remember before, and I, I hate this part. I hated this part. Um, it's not the worst scene, but it's like, I can't believe this happened to Suri when um, Namor, you know, pretty much killed uh, Queen uh, Ramunda. Before she was uh, trying to, you know, before she died, she was trying to tell Suri the secret. The secret led all the way to the post credit scene, the mid credit scene. And, you know, as they're hating, she's trying to make amends and she's burning and, you know, she, everything stopped. Um, she's burning the white uh, dress, I guess, that she wore um, in the first one, which I think that was. Um, they went into credits and we heard Rihanna's song and it was like, oh, I got to hear this song again. So I'm about to get emotional. And then they go to the post to the mid credit scene and Nakia is walking with this kid and everybody in my theater was like, oh, hell no, because <laughs> I don't think people realize Nakia kept calling Queen Ramonda Queen Mother. Yep. And right there, I was like, oh, did they get married after the whole thing? Can't hint. Okay. So when she walked up with this kid, people in the theater was like, no. Yep. <laughs> so she walked up, she introduced her to um introduced the uh, kid to Siri. And if you here's a fun fact reference from the first movie. If you remember in the first movie when Killmonger came in to the throne and wanted to, you know, claim the throne um, to T'Challa, they were speaking in, in, uh, in their dialect. It was like, you know, identify yourself and who are you and all this stuff. And he recognized himself as the cousin of T'Chaka and everything. They did the same exact thing in this one scene with the kid and the kid spoke uh, in the language. And he was like, I heard you could keep secrets. <laughs> she was like, yes, I guess you could say that. And she asked him, who are you? And then he revealed that he was T'Challa. Father to, to King T'Challa, Prince T'Challa. And people didn't get excited. People cried in the theater because we knew that this was their way of saying, like, we're never going to replace the T'Challa, uh, King T'Challa, but we are going to have a new T'Challa coming soon. 
And I'm getting kind of emotional just talking about that right now because that scene was just so dope. And that was when I looked to the right of me and the dude was like, he was kind of wiping his tears off and all the stuff. And it was just like, man, that was so brilliant. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. And um, man, what a, what a hell of a movie. <laughs> what, what was your thoughts on that, man? That that was honestly, I, there was someone was cutting onions in in, in that theater. <laughs> like, I'll tell you that. It was so silent too. Onions in here right now too. <laughs> <laughs> it was so silent in the theater. It, like the opening scene, like like you said, right after the the funeral pro, uh, uh, procession, and. Yeah. You know, though you saw the Marvel sign, and it was the Chadwick Boseman memorial one that they used earlier in the MCU. And yeah. then, you know, that final scene, absolute silence. Like it was, it was, it's like a dome of silence. It's like as if we were out. In and it wasn't space. like the movie was boring silence. It was like, I, I, I'm taking this all in. This is so much to take in. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. It was just, it was so powerful. Uh, you know, it leads to the future of the MCU. And, it, you know, I think that if if Chadwick Boseman just decided to step away from Black Panther, I think they would have recast him. But it was the yeah. fact that he passed away and he was such a influence as a human being to so many people. And going back to, I think a lot of people don't realize just how important Black Panther was, right, in in pop culture, in black yeah. culture, Absolutely. in non, in, in person of color culture. Let me tell you, even for me as a Latino, I loved seeing the importance put on Black Panther because it says, okay, we have a chance. And you know what our chance was? Wakanda forever with Namor uh, and, and, and everyone, right? Like it was just so, it gave us that opportunity. So I think that if Chadwick Boseman decided to just step away, they would have replaced him. But just because of the profound impact that he left on everyone, this was the classiest and best way to handle it. And it also says, "Well said." There is a possibility for more coming down the road. Well said. Well said. I couldn't I couldn't agree more? Um, they did so much justice to this movie, to the soundtrack too, because the soundtrack celebrates all things Black and Latino, you know, culture and everything. The movie also celebrated that and this was it, the crazy part about this Boris is this wasn't their intent this was not going to be the original premise of the movie it, it like I've read that um Ryan Coogler like it was just going to be focused on five years past there was no mention of Namor or anything so throughout through this they were able to not only just make a whole new premise but make you know representation for another cultural aspect that was much needed and, that, uh, and not only that, to see us come together like that. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's what I like the man. most about it, right? And, it, you know, I, and you know what? We might be praising this movie a little more, but it impacts us. It impacts you as a, us as a people of color. Yeah. And I think that's what people, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, people need to realize. It's just like, this means a lot to us, right? Like, like yeah. you said, even the soundtrack, right? When they were going through uh, Talocan for the first time. And you had, you know, the traditional sp um, Spanish music, but you had, you know, the with the various dialects. Yes. Yeah. So well done. So well done. I mean, done and so powerful. All they had to do was just bring in Miles Morales, and I, people would explode it. Oh. <laughs> I was honestly half expecting him at the at, at some point in the movie, just because it was like, 
Let's just it was like he would be the way wait he would be the one to stop the war because he's like a little bit a, a little bit of b so. yeah exactly <laughs> it's just like oh so so well he just it. comes out of nowhere like i'm telling you guys we can work together trust me <laughs> <laughs> yep yep loved it so here's a here's a hard question to do maybe maybe in your opinion was th- did this supersede the first Ooh. Okay, so I I would have to say no for the simple fact of this. If it wasn't for the first movie, mm-hmm. and, and as obvious as this sounds, I will say it and then I'll explain myself. If it wasn't for the <laughs> first movie, we would not have gotten this movie. Right. Clearly obvious. It's a sequel. But what I mean by that is the, uh, like I mentioned a few times already, that, that pop culture and just cultural impact that Black Panther had into in the world. Yeah. If it wasn't for the success and just the, the meaningful uh, attachment that a lot of people had to that movie, we would not have gotten what we got here in the second movie. Um, yeah. As much as I loved this movie in regards to it being the return of the MCU, right? After a few eh, movies, this was back to the MCU core, which is what I loved. We got a couple um, base hits and here, here's the home run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. That's exactly. It. I would say a, a hit by pitch and a base hit, maybe. <laughs> it's still it's still good, but you know we, we want the home base. run. We got on base, but this one was the home run, in my opinion. Right? Um, mm-hmm. As good as this one was, and and as as impactful as it was, you know, me being a Latino and finally seeing that representation in this movie, yeah, it was great. But I would have to say that the first one just it's might the, not the cultural be- impact. The cultural impact surpasses the quality of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I'm not even going to comment on that because I'm going to concur with you on everything that you just said is there's no other way to put it. Like the first one really did stamp an approval on the world and what they thought about um, representation, you know, black representation as a major superhero. And Marvel needs to commend itself. Stanley, Jack Kirby needs to, you know, be commended for that. You know, two white guys in the sixties created this character during a time <laughs> when there was segregation, when there was a whole bunch of, like, you think we got it now back then it was even worse. And for them to bravely do that, that's, that says a lot, which is why I have Stanley and me in my, in my office right now, probably. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I will also say, I got to go back to the favorite um, moments too. the fight scene between Namor and, um, and Letitia Wright and, and uh, Suri was awesome too. And the new suit was dope. I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about that. The new suit design, probably the best since the original Black Panther uh, design, I, I would say. I thought it was awesome. And the fact that it can, she made it so she could be her and be the Black Panther as well, because she had the, uh, the same uh, gauntlet, you know, uh, shooters that she had from the first movie. So, I thought it was really dope there, but yeah, man, you, you said enough about that. It was, I can't, I couldn't sit it better on that note. Um, as far as ranking, where does this movie rank among the list, the long 11 year list of Marvel movies, uh, Marvel studios, movies, not TV shows, but just movies. I would have to put this in the top 10. I don't know where in the top 10, yeah. but it would for sure be in the top 10 for me. You know, we're, we're looking at, you know, 15 years next year. Of movies worth, right? About 15 years. And is it about to get into more, too? I mean, the, the multiverse saga is officially now. This is the last one of the, uh, this is the last of the, uh, what, phase four? Phase We're four, about yeah. to move into phase five and six right now. So yep. it's about to get 
really deep. <laughs> exactly. So I would say top ten for sure, but closer to top five. I would I would have to put this closer to top five, but between five and ten. I don't know. Again, can't name them off. One day we'll do a list. I'm sure. Yeah, but, I think we're gonna have to. It, it's yeah. now, I mean, it's, but the beauty of it is that we have we we have we have to. <laughs> okay, no, we we, we have, have the opportunity to list so many awesome Marvel movies dating back to what 2007, 2008. Think about that, man. Two, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, think about that. That's unprecedented, uh, unprecedented, man. Like, people can say what they want. The Scorsese's, the Ghost of Roger Ebert, if you will, probably. If he was, I'm pretty sure he probably has something to say. About, I mean, I'll be surprised. Gene Siskel was a little bit, you know. I was literally going to say Gene Siskel would have loved the MCU. He would have accepted it. Yeah, he was more pop I, I th- culture. Yeah. yeah, the biggest tragedy in the world of of movie critics is that Gene Siskel, or, or depends how you see it, was Gene Siskel never got to see his favorite franchise, Star Wars, have more movies. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, man. I mean, the fact is, regardless of what they say, none of them can accomplish what Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige and and, and Disney has done. This is amazing. Like, this needs to be celebrated. Kevin Feige, honestly, should get a Lifetime Achievement Award or sometime sooner or later because of his, what he's been able to do for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Even dating back, way back to Blade and all this stuff, because I'm thinking he might, I'm thinking his name, he'd made, I don't, I could be wrong, but he's done movies, he's been a part of movies way back before the Iron Man in the Marvel, in Marvel Studios era. Um, he's been doing it. He just haven't done it right during the time in the nineties. And now when Iron Man came out and they took that risk, it's been, it was, it was just full stream ahead and John Favreau as well. <laughs> you know, John Favreau is another one. Like they took a lot of risk. Look where it's gotten him. Yep. <laughs> you know, these guys deserve praise for this. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. No, but, uh, yeah. Was, Kevin Feige was involved. He was even involved in uh, the original X-Men Punisher. He was involved in a lot yeah. of those, those movies, like, it's, right. It extends past what we know as the MCU. He's been around for a really long time. He was even involved. Yeah, he was involved in so much. It was, it's just crazy when you see his list um, of credits. As far as ranking for me, I think also, yeah, I think it's, it'll definitely be in the top 10 as, as for it based on significance, um, based on how it was just put together so well in the in. in the again, I say it again. The unenviable task that was brought upon everybody involved to try to pull off—it feels like the impossible, in a sense, because I mean, just so much was writing on this, and they did it brilliantly. They did. <laughs> and I mean, the 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 the, the mid-credit scene just sealed it for everybody. You got the people. You got to pay homage to um, T'Challa. Uh, in Chadwick by never getting another T'Challa and this place will get a new generation <laughs> with the yep. same name, you know, just Marvel, man, DC. I, I, I hope James Gunn can, can learn every, took everything he learned from um, the Marvel Cinematic universe and take it to DC studios and really do it. Cause they t- say they got an eight to 10 year plan coming and it works. I hope so. Because this right here is just, these guys are just, they deserve credit for a lot of things, man. So yep. if I normally, when I do reviews, I, I do it based on a grade. So I'm going to give you the honors. What, what would you grade this uh, movie? You know, 
and this as we're talking and it sounds like we're re- overly praising this movie and i thought this movie was really well done but there were things that kind of made me go hmm there were things that kind of <laughs> made me go hey right mm-hmm. but oh, I, overall i think that the good far outweighed the okay nothing yeah. was bad the no. okay right i would have to give this an a minus mm. interesting that's interesting. All right, because I was going to, I was going to actually give it more of a B plus, and that's kind of just in that same realm. Yeah, a minus B plus. Literally going to say B plus, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to say A minus for the simple fact that I, I want to praise the movie, but at the same time, there were things like I said that 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 probably could have been different, but I want to give this movie the respect that it deserves. That's why I said A. I think this running the same game. A minus B plus is usually from a grade point yeah. stat, uh, you know. Uh, it's kind of roughly the same thing, but yeah, we're thinking on the same plane. Like it wasn't like the greatest movie of all time in terms of Marvel movies, but giving what they had to go up against, like if you, if you had to do a test and you just like something happened in your, in your life, but you still did the test anyway, and you did very well on that test, you would assume that an A minus B plus would be in the factor. And I think that's exactly what they did here. Um, again, you know, shout out to, you know, Ryan Coogler and, um, and, and, um, what was the other right? And Robert and Joe Robert Cole, who did the writing for this. Uh, much. Can I say, take note too that Ryan Coogler during the process of all this went through a lot of hell during this whole thing. Cause he got arrested just for being black. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. during the process of all this. So Jesus, for God's sakes, people let's get it together. These damn cops. <laughs> I know. I know. I'll it, tell you. It's just—it's crazy everything that he's gone through. And again, I feel like he uses all these experiences to make. They just gave. Yeah, you're right. They just gave him more, more to you know, uh, inspiration to write. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. That—that's exactly it, right. And, and I'm glad people, that's all they gave him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And here's the thing: like people, I saw like the circles of people talking about why would uh, Marvel want to give Ryan Coogler something like Secret Wars. This is why he knows how to yeah, exactly. He went against so many odds, right? I know, like, not this movie might not be for everyone, and at the end of the day, I mean, I'm, I'll be the first person to say that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what he went through, what he was up against, his task to take, I, dude, I will argue, I will argue to everybody's listening and, and, and watching this, I will argue, and I'm looking at what I'm looking at you in the camera. This was up there with Winter Soldier. This gave me Winter Soldier vibes in a lot of ways. You know, the, the, just the the depth of it. It, it kind of had that that really, you know, militant type of feel to it that we saw in, in Winter Soldier with the with the uh, Russos and everything. Um, I would argue that it, it's it's in that same premise as Winter Soldier and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Again, you know, that UN scene just spoke so much to the world the same way that in winter soldier the entire premise spoke to the world right mm-hmm. that's that, it, that and again, amazing. Like, you just mentioned shit, like you you combined falcon and winter soldier combined because that kind of you know with the focus on isaiah uh you know um what is it i i was about to say is it isaiah washington yes it is yes what isaiah washington's character um, the original, well, not the original Captain America, but one of the Captain Americas yeah. during uh, World War II. And, um, you know, with the espionage type of feel of, you know, the Winter Soldier, Wakanda Forever kind of captured both of those elements mm-hmm. into this, you know? 
and, and, and just the way that they handled and did everything. So, I, yeah, he's he's more than qualified to do that. More than do qualified the movie. to continue to continue doing stuff, right? This this movie gave me some Watchmen HBO feel to it. Oh, right? like, wow. You know, like it's the Regina so King uh, series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. We can we could have a whole that's a whole other story, like a podcast series about that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But, you know, I'll say this as we end it, man. Um, Real quick. And Boris, thank you for being on this show and, and, and talking about this. This has just been an awesome time. I always have a great time with you, man. Just thank you and the whole entire team over there at uh, Sunday night's main event for just embracing me this entire year. It's just been awesome. I Trust me I, when I say it's been an honor and a pleasure to be a part of anything that you guys have involved with, even just a footnote in that uh, this this radio show that I've listened to since the Attitude Era. <laughs> yep. It's funny. I literally had this, con- not to like draw this conversation out too much, but I had this conversation last night slash this morning. Mm-hmm. My friend was like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people know you. Why, why, why? Like, are you, are you like popular or something? I'm like, no, but <laughs> what Sunday night's main event was. And the reason why this conversation came up was because a listener recognized me, went up to me and said, hi, you know, really cool quick conversation then they kind of just let me be um but but my friend she was just like it's what like it's her was just she was flabbergasted right Right. but it was you know the the wrestling community and just i find that fandoms in general you know they they gravitate towards you know these 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 outlets right Right. especially something as profound in terms of reach as sunday nights and many events slash the law the fact that it has national airwaves here in canada you know, people are going to know you. People are going to are going to, you know, right. listen to you. And for for fandoms like, you know, for the longest time pre MCU, if you found another comic fan, you gravitated towards them. Yeah. If you found a wrestling fan today, you gravitate towards them because you Absolutely. have that niche fandom in 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 you know in, in common. So that that's why, and that's why, like, I go out of my way in SNME to include the community because I understand like myself coming from the community to now yeah. essentially running the network. Um, yeah. I understand how cool it is to be called out, to be included, to help out for lack of a better word. Absolutely. Well said. And the last thing I will say, and this is extremely important here because in the week that we are paying homage to Chadwick Bozeman. I cannot say this anymore as a as a black man and at 45 uh, years old. Um, we can't forget why we lost a what well, lost our king. While we lost a legend, just yesterday or or November 10th actually is what they say that we lost uh, Kevin Conroy. We lost him to cancer, and I say this because we're getting we're not getting any younger, especially people in our cultures. We need you to take the responsibility. We don't want to lose any more Kings in this world. In the celebration of this week, in remembrance of Chadwick Boseman, I decided to get uh, start my progress to get tested for colonoscopy. Um, just yesterday, I got my results, and I'm uh, apparently negative Excellent. for any counts of co- of uh, any co- uh, colon cancer. So um, it's just an emotional week. I mean, just a whirlwind of a week, like I said before. I mean, we just seeing those results. My doctor, um, you know, texted me back and did not see the results and everything. I think I just posted the results scheduled for post on the um, on the Facebook page. Um, 
please people take this seriously, especially people in both our communities and cultures get tested. We don't want to lose any more uh, Kings and legends out here to cancer. We don't. Um, It's very important. And you know, we want to keep you going. There's so much that you could do in life. There's so much opportunity and things to do in life. Um, I can't imagine not being able to experience opportunities like being with you, Boris, and, you know, getting a chance to do the things that I've been doing all year and for the last few years. And, you know, had, you know, something like that has occurred. You know, we're not destined for forever, but we're destined to make sure that we make an impact in this world before we go. And we need to make sure that we do it in the most healthy way. So please, I implore every one of you, please get checked for uh, colon cancer or whatever cancer, whatever. Just get checked. Don't be afraid to get checked. You know, find a doctor that is that is comfortable for you to get checked. Um, you know, even if it's for mental health, find your therapist. I have one. It's fine. But, you know, we don't want to lose any more kings. We don't want to lose any more people that has the opportunity to make an impact in this world in some form or fashion and make a footnote in this world. So please definitely do that. So Boris, again, thank you so much for being a part of the show, man. You're, you're awesome as always. And uh, let's see what the MCU brings us next. <laughs> Cause there's a lot coming. Yeah. That's, so. that's perfect way to, to, to put it. Yeah. It, again, again, just thank you for having me. It means it, it honestly means a lot that, you know, people want, my opinion on stuff. So thank you so much. <laughs> so before we go, I'd be remiss if I did not let you plug everything that you're involved in right now. So take the time right now. The floor is yours. Let everybody know where they can find you, even in the States here where we can listen to TSN radios, Sunday night's main event. Oh man. Do you have an hour to spare? That's how busy of a person I have. All right. Where do we start? <laughs> so I, I do a pop culture geek show. That's called the It Cannon Podcast. We mm-hmm. are coming back. We've been on a bit of a break. It's coming back with some specials. It's CanonPodcast.com. Canon spelled C-A-N-O-N. Canon as in the story canon. That's where we got the name, <laughs> not the camera. It's CanonPodcast.com. And the whole wrestling biz stuff, you can find us at SNMERadio.com. And it's a whole network of podcasts at this point. And growing, we are adding... Mm-hmm more shows to the lineup every week it seems every month it seems but uh, we actually have some really cool stuff and one of the main things that i'm doing is that i'm embracing the independent wrestling scene i'm sure you've noticed this we're really starting to get into the independent wrestling theme i think they really that they need to be there need to be a lot of focus there like i think that's what really made me become a wrestling fan is the fact that like the, the strife and the, and, and the hard road that indie fans uh you know um wrestlers go to before they make it to that main stage you know, I've seen the Brian Danielsons, the CM Punks when they were in Ring of Honor and, uh, and, and all these sorts of things. And to see them go to this road, it inspires me. So absolutely great idea to focus on that. And then being in Toronto, right? Like it being such mm-hmm. a deep rooted in the wrestling scene. Especially. A lot of the yeah. biggest wrestlers that you see up there coming or trained in Toronto. Yeah. I think that that's a super important thing to do. And just to give that forum for people right like for me it's yeah. like snme has this amazing forum na- nationwide i want to share it with people right i want people to get that recognition that they deserve and it's funny that you say that because uh this is the first time i'm even talking about this out loud and i'll mm-hmm. let you know we are working with a couple indie wrestlers and we're going to be doing an audio documentary style of the life of a professional wrestler oh in wow the independent ontario scene that's something that we're working on. And it's a project that I have nothing to do with, 
but I'm super <laughs> passionate about. And it's going to be a serialized documentary podcast that's very different from a right from what we do today. But I think it's yeah. going to be very cool to get that, like you said, where these people start from and the, the ups and downs that they go through to make it. Right. So we're awesome. going to have that. So yeah, snmeradio.com. We do have a Patreon, um, patreon.com slash snmeradio. You know, right as of today, hint, hint, we do have a a paywall. But for me, the way that I see this paywall, it's more if you like the content and you want to help us keep the lights turned on, that's Mm -hmm. where you... Uh, and I will. I can speak out. for you. I can speak for you and many to say that like the community is really good too. Yeah. I really think that's the one thing I enjoy about your, um, your Facebook group and everything is that the community. You know, we can all not disagree on everything, but we don't go all out and try to bite each other's necks to do so. I mean, we'll have a we'll have a disagreement, but then we'll have fun on another post or something like that. It's, exactly. It's, the it you know really falls on the Canadian you know you know tradition of some really nice guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so, and then you can also find specifically, I have a sports and wrestling podcast that's part of the SNME podcast uh, network, and that's BAM Weekly. That's Boris and Matt Weekly, where we go deep into sports. Um, I'm just a huge sports nerd as well, right? So uh, you can find that at BAMSportsEntertainment.com. And it's just a fun weekly show where we chat sports, wrestling, entertainment everything under that that umbrella uh it's just a lot of fun doing that show as well uh, because we s- tend to stay away from wwe and AEW. it's the catch-all show for snme uh, but yeah. we also chat sports and it's always fun um because you know it's funny enough i've been proven right so many times especially on my nfl picks i i pick some of those underdog teams as a joke right. half joking and i get it right so it's yeah <laughs> it's fun. so yeah you can find me at it's canon Pause it's canonpodcast.com bam sports entertainment.com and snmeradio.com and uh yeah it's just again thank you so much for having me it means so much again and always fun just geeking out with someone who, who has that passion awesome folks i hope you enjoyed this very special episode of talk time live on behalf of myself and boris roberto aguilar all i gotta say is learn to let go Live life and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care and Wakanda forever. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.